I'm Lizanne Flynn. I'm a master healer who holds space for any earthling as they reunite body and soul. I am a bridge for relationships between all species so that the heart bond becomes stronger, deeper, and more loving. I serve in the roles of animal communicator, medium, and medical intuitive, and I use the tools of shamanic journeying and soul retrieval to support all earthlings in their recovery from past trauma. I'm certified as a Reiki master teacher and as a canine massage therapist. This is the Animal's Eye View podcast. My apologies for not getting a podcast up last week or the week before. In part, I thought that a fair number of people would be doing thanksgiving e stuff. It's been my experience that around holidays in certain parts of the world that the podcast downloads drop a bit during these weeks. And in part, truthfully, my body was feeling under the weather, which it still is. And this podcast may very well be more brief than the others. Hopefully, my body will reveal more this next week, the next few weeks, about the direction in which it wants to go. And since we're already here with the phrase, under the weather, I'm heading to Yield Dictionary now. And here it is, ready for your next trivia game night. Not surprisingly, the origin of the idiom, under the weather, can be traced back to maritime sources. In old days, sailors who weren't feeling well were often sent below deck so they could get out of the weather. The term we use today has been shortened, though. Originally, the idiom was, quote, under the weather bow, which is the side of the ship from which the bad weather is coming, which is interesting in itself, given the topic of today's podcast that I'll flesh out for you here. I'll be talking about your relationship, or plural, relationships, with all of the animal companions in your life that are remarkably similar, actually, to all of the other relationships in your life of the human variety, and that they get under the weather from time to time, and that you perhaps do not enjoy sunny weather all of the time in these relationships taken all together. And it's going to be in your best interest to not have expectations of sunny weather all the time with your animal companion relationships or any other relationship because that's not likely to happen at all, at least not on this planet. And while it's true that the planetary experience of these other species, talking about the animals now, are perceived by humans as being unconditionally loving That does not mean that these relationships should not also have the same or nearly the same boundaries that your other relationships have. It's important, super important, I think, to manage your relationships with your animal companions, just like you manage any other relationships in your life. And because animals are dependent on humans for survival, shelter, food, etc., We can trick ourselves into thinking that they may need to be managed like children, and y'all know how I feel about that. (laughs) They are far from children, and in most cases, as Chief Seattle was quoted as saying, every animal knows more than you do. Their sentience, in reality, spans both dimensions and lifetimes, and their intelligence, well, forget about it, as the saying goes. We put way too much stock in whether they can count as high as a five-year-old can when we compare, say, the alleged intelligence of chicken or pig to ours. 
What they don't know in our experience, as far as, for instance, counting up to five, in no way means they're lacking an ability, for instance, to calculate airspeed, the rate and speed of water flow, along with the necessary wing drag instantly, as in the case of any raptor wanting to clean their wings by taking a quick dip in a river. So many times I've heard my clients say, well, this wasn't anything like I thought it would be, referring to a just-concluded animal communication session. Whatever energy environment you co-create with them, because remember, energy is their jam, is going to be what I'll hear about and what you'll hear about. And believe me when I say, I will hear about it (laughs) when your animal companion begs me to tell you to leave them alone every once in a while when they're off by themselves attempting to reset their nervous system because you're driving them cray-cray. For sure, that happens in the human-animal relationships you have. And yes, there's a difference between human being, which as I've said before, I personally think is one of the worst things we've ever called ourselves in human-animal, period. The first one carves our species out from all the rest because we purportedly have a soul as well as the all-important mind that sets us somehow above and apart from all the other species, while the second actually calls us home to ourselves. So that once we're there and once we're home in the human-animal category and space, We can honor the balance and partnership within duality, which then forms unity in our personal experience and then allows us to extend that same unity to others. And from there, we can actually get to the place of being steward and guardian for the whole planet, which has been a co-evolutionary request from all the rest of the animals on the planet for quite some time in which you can absolutely start with your companion animals. Because, let's face it, boundaries are a good thing for everyone in a relationship. They're about mutual respect. They represent and signify the importance of the individual in the relationship, and it holds space for the individual and their uniqueness. This last is the juice of any relationship, even if there's great commonality between individuals. No two souls are alike, and non-coincidentally, no two DNA identities are the same, even among identical twins. So, even though to our eyes the twins look the same and may even trick others into thinking they're the other twin, on a cellular level, and certainly on a soul level, they're not the same. How extraordinary is that? When you're in a relationship, then, with another individual or plural individuals, The more effective and grounded the boundaries are, the more effective and grounded the relationship is going to be. And if a relationship is be effective and grounded, well, the sky's the limit as far as where that relationship goes. I heard a therapist say once to aim for the 80-20 rule in a relationship with 80% of the time being seen as positive or good and experienced as positive or good, I think this is even more key, by both individuals, which leaves the other 20% can be viewed as or experienced as a balance to that. And I would say not necessarily negative or bad. You all know how I am about duality. But I think we can look at the 20% as being that rebalance, that redirect back to the 80%. 
the more empowered two individuals or more are as themselves in a relationship, the better the relationship functions. Is it likely this is going to be this 80-20 split all the time? Of course not. Where would be the fun in that? (laughs) Remember, on Yield Planet called Earth, this is a fixed design, which means everyone is here on a soul contract basis with everyone else, and your animal companions are no different in that regard. Which is why, if you've always had, say, golden retrievers and you get another same-breed dog, you might find yourself saying, as I heard a client say to me once, this is the most ungolden retriever-like dog I've ever known. Well, that's because their DNA is different, naturally, unless you had a former dog cloned, like Barbara Streisand did, and even more importantly, the soul inside of that physical vessel is not one of the previous dogs either. And I know, I know because I get the question quite a bit. Is it possible that this current dog-slash-cat-slash-bearded dragon is a reincarnation of my former dog-cat-bearded dragon? Yes, it's possible. Never say never. And it's also not very likely at all. In my 15 years of practicing the craft of animal communion, I've run across one instance of what I would call a twin soul, which was super unique and not one that I can recall of reincarnation. It may feel like that because there have been past lives together and there may be future lives together. The reincarnation gig of been here, done that is not likely one that will be repeated among animals. And again, never say never, of course, just quite unlikely. We are so fond of projecting our needs into whatever pool of love we perceive our animal companions have just waiting for us that we can overburden them and cause the very behavior that we're not wanting. A good example of this is what I say to clients about worry. Whenever another human animal hears, I'm worried about you, chances are good that we feel warm and fuzzy and think that we're being cared for and loved on. It is the exact opposite for animals because their entire existence is completely dependent upon your survival skills. So when you worry that the vet doesn't have the answers you think you need, or you're frustrated that you can't find the right food or whatever that is, your animal companions feel that they're in the center of that worry. So they think naturally, well, if my guardian Susie is worried about something and doesn't feel confident and comfortable, what do I have to be worried about? That's when my inbox starts to fill up with people saying, Fido or Fluffy are acting out, and can I please tell them to do X and to not do Y? The physical boundaries of I just need some space, man, are usually really clear, and I really encourage you all to honor those. So if your animal companion, after spending a good part of the day with you, shortly before bedtime and maybe sleeping in your bed or maybe sleeping near your bed, takes themselves off to another room, please don't go hunting for them. (laughs) They're doing their best, as I said before, to manage their own emotional, physical, mental stimulation and just reset a little bit. And for those of you whose bodies have the trait of high sensitivity, y'all know I'm preaching to the choir here. 
And it's the emotional boundaries that we have difficulty with, especially so when a beloved animal family member has transitioned and we're confused about whether or not seeing a similar cat or dog or bearded dragon means that it's the former animal saying that they're coming back this lifetime in reincarnation. Remember, just because they're transitioned doesn't mean that healthy energy boundaries don't need to be kept. I would put their cremains out of the bedroom, if at all possible, (laughs) and not creating some sort of a shrine to them because either one of those endpoints on that scale actually makes them a bit uncomfortable. And the been here, done that thingy is quite clear with the animals. They're pretty good at setting boundaries for themselves because they're pretty focused on accomplishing the joint soul awareness that are present in energy with their family and with their guardian. As I've said before, you won't likely hear an animal say, ugh, I don't know how to cow, for instance. How does one cow anyway? What is my purpose here on earth? It's, it's our species that has difficulty in finding ourselves and our soul paths and perhaps our boundaries as well on this planet because for animals, their soul path is their life path. Just as there's no duality for them, no actual light and contrast, because every contrast serves to redirect back to the light and back to joy. So it's actually when your behavior starts to affect them and their boundaries are likely getting violated, they'll change their behavior. So you'll notice, which is when I get contacted to swoop in, truth be told, I rarely swoop, (laughs) and fix the air quotes problem. Because it's simply not possible that your angel, the darling of your life, is becoming more reactive toward other humans or dogs now when nothing has changed. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. I did get a new job that's requiring longer hours at work, and I'm not spending the same amount of time with them now. Or that your angel, the darling of your life, who purrs so when you pet and feed them, has now started to avoid their litter box, not exactly like the plague, just after every extended time away from them now that you have a new partner and, oh, wait a minute, that's right. This started right after Don, David, or both Don and David, spent their first overnight with you. That's right. Boundaries have been violated, and if not exactly violated, certainly shifted. And absent a common language, which is energy, by which you can talk things over with them and honor their boundaries, as well as honor the shift that's going on for you, the red flag of animals is usually going to be their outward behavior. Yes, they have their own vocalizations like we do. It's just that the telempathic one of energy is synonymous with all physical bodies on the planet and therefore is both efficient and effective. Now, I'm going to throw a bit of sand into the unconditional love part as well so that there's even more necessary separation between you and your animal companion and so that you can begin to see them not as your children who you expect to behave, that's such a trap for everyone involved, but rather as sentient beings whose intellect and ability to see in many different directions and dimensions of energy far surpasses your own ability. And that sand is, if you were a human who was given shelter, food, medical care, treats, emotional support, and comfort by a human animal who perceived that they owned you, 
and who was completely in charge of having all the good things in your life continue and keeping all the not-so-good things in your life outside of where you are, would you be able to get to the 80% positive in that relationship by showing how much you truly cared about them just so that your perceived good life could continue? Come on now, be honest with yourself. How much resentment might build up because you perceived you were held captive by that other animal in some way? Would you be capable of creating an environment in which your owner referred to you as a pet, knowing that your wisdom, your knowledge even, surpassed theirs, and at the same time in that environment giving back all the love that perhaps your owner never felt before from another being in their whole life? I've heard all the complaints about animals wanting to be fed at certain times and being quite vocal about it as well, and those animals who become destructive if they don't get an adequate amount of exercise for their breed genetics. We're always so quick to look at animals and say, there, right there, pointing fingers, that's the problem, when likely we wouldn't be able to balance their life path and soul path in a way even close to approximating how they do it in a remarkably shortened period of time that they have with us. We often say, Oh, I'd love to come back as my cat or dog or bearded dragon because their life is so easy and without anything much at all for which they are responsible. Perhaps after this one short podcast, you might have a different appreciation for the boundaries that your beloved animal family member might have in what you perceive is such an easy existence, and you might truly begin to see their soul path aligned with yours so that a limited period of time spent physically together might be given the depth of attention that any soulmate relationship, regardless of the physical forms of those in this soulmate relationship. Because what matters is how the inside of any relationship is respected and honored for each of the individual's boundaries in a healthy way, so that the sum total of what they can accomplish together is greater than what either brings to the planetary table. And at least, that's how the animals see it. Thanks for listening today. Leave a review and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. I offer all new clients a free 15-minute consultation. To schedule online, go to lizanneflynn.com. Come and find me on social media, Facebook, X-Twitterverse, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I encourage you to sign up for my quarterly newsletter on my website, where I also post notices for upcoming events, the starting date of courses in the Animals Eye View Academy, and online psychic fairs. The episodes of this podcast are available on my YouTube channel, complete with subtitles. You'll find that link in my podcast footer and be sure to subscribe. This has been the Animals Eye View Podcast. I'll see you next time.